This episode of the Final Forecast is brought to you by the Book Exchange. Of course, they have all month long their holiday gift sets to make shopping easy December 2nd through the 9th, donating 10% of sales to Deshaun Butler's Give a Hoop Foundation for their Lace Up for Life program, which we're going to hear about later on this episode. Recorded live in Morgantown, West by God, Virginia, and across the world with your hosts, Kevin Jones, Deshaun Butler, John Flowers, and our lovely co-host, Ashley. This is the Final Forecast Podcast. Hello to all of our friends of the show. It's another edition of The Final Forecast. I am one of your lovely co-hosts, Ashley. That's me. Got to throw it in there. Also with us today, we've got Kevin Jones. What up? What up? Our boy, Deshaun Butler. Girl. And the goofiest of them all, my friend, John Flowers. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What's going on, guys? nothing <laughs> explain why you open the show just now um so apparently women are breaking barriers all over the country so we thought i would open the show today not that that's groundbreaking by any stretch of the imagination but dave said you should open the show mm-hmm. because dave of groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. So, wow something about something. a glass ceiling breaking something like that something like that <laughs> Or somebody will break a glass and love it. So let's 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 get right into the let's get right to the shit. What was the groundbreaking thing that that happened? Do you know the details, the ins and outs? Yeah. So yes, I think it was yesterday. Um, Vanderbilt has a female kicker. Okay. Yeah. So Sarah Fuller, who is the kicker for Vanderbilt, is the first woman to play in a Power Five college football game. Um, she's actually a soccer player. So yesterday she kicked off the second half and uh, that was very groundbreaking. Dope. Dope. Yeah, How'd she do? Ladies. It was How'd odd you- because they ha- the coach had her squib kick it, which is bizarre on a kickoff. So it made it look oh, like the coach, the coach made her do it. The coach made her do it. And it oh. looked like she completely botched it. But that's what I guess they were intending to do. I feel like you can't, I mean, if, you, if you're breaking a ground like that, you can't have her first kick be something like that, though. That's no, that's, that's kind of messed up. I agree 100%. And I don't I mean, know if he made that call because he was afraid that they were they would come for her and tackle her or what the intention was. I'm curious, do you, like, this, is she wow. the main kicker, though? Yeah, they, they only have one kicker, right? All the kickers are like out due to like COVID, I think. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay. So that's that's what I was like, I mean, and are they, like, they have another game coming up this week, I believe, right? So we'll, I wonder if she'll be the kicker, like the main kicker again for this next week. Cause I mean, I'm sure like they're gonna have, they're gonna have to kick field goals, punt return, like all that. She's gonna have to do all of those things. Mm hmm. So, yeah, but how was that her only kick? That's what I was wondering. Exactly. Kick. Yeah. This is a great question because I didn't watch the game. Yeah, I was gonna say I missed that one, and then I saw I saw replays. Only show me the one kick at the time. So I I feel like if you're gonna do that though, you, um, you probably shouldn't have her on the team if you're gonna if you're scared of that aspect of her getting hit. No, that's just, that's just serious. If you if you're gonna do that, you probably shouldn't have her on the team because that's gonna that's a part of the sport. So Agreed. yeah, yeah. sooner or later she's gonna get she's gonna get 
times. She's gonna get mobbed. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's part. Of, it's part of the game. It's part it's of the good. game. Though. Like all all the guys get hit. Like she's gonna play in the team again. I was hopeful. That's. I just found that to be strange. Not that she did it. I was happy that it happened. I was just like, Jesus, like to happen in a Power Five conference to be the first place. Because I mean, she SEC, not mm-hmm. even Power Five conference, the SEC. Yeah, you know, crazy. Thinking, just thinking about, I just said this yesterday. Just thinking about Alabama, just breaking through the, the special teams, just breaking through, and then. What do you do, bro? Like you see her. What do you do? You hit. You hit her hard. You have to. Like what. What do you do if you're an opposing player and you see her and you like got an open shot on her? What do Game you do? Line. What do you do? I mean, you have to put, <laughs> no, you can't, you can't, what do you do? You, you got you have to take her down, but it's just more or less. Clarify know, something here. Not a lot of kickers get hit hard. Okay. Exactly. okay. That doesn't happen very often. Exactly. So she would be okay. Not to mention the fact that, I mean, she's bigger than a lot of kickers out here in freaking power five conferences. <laughs> That's true like too. she is not a small girl. Yeah, I don't think I don't I don't I don't believe the coach made her squid kick. That's what he said. He said that he had her squid squib kick it and he actually intended it to be on the 35 yard line, and that's exactly where she put it. They didn't Mm. score either. So no, they lost 41 to nothing. I mean, I I I was just if you're gonna break the glass ceiling or whatever, you gotta kick that thing out the back of the end zone. I'm with you. you. That's what I'm saying. Why was you let her kick like all? But who knows? I mean, maybe there was a reason why. Like for example, um, just like I mean, it's the NFL, but they they have separate kickers for separate things and so on and so forth. So they, you never know they what won, his reason was. They won forty to nothing. They lost. <laughs> I mean, at least at least, let it show, at least let her show that she can do it just as good as the men. Don't yeah, can't debate that. That's a fact. Speaking of getting hit, can we uh can we talk about how <laughs> I love that night? segue? Yeah, it's so seamless. It was. It was very I, wow. I, I figured I'd take advantage of that. Um <laughs> Nate Robinson and uh Jake Paul, this celebrity boxing match that went down. How you guys feel about that? Well, I told I, I I said it before, like everyone was betting on Nate Robinson for whatever reason. Like Jake Paul actually kind of like boxes. Like he mm-hmm. actually, like trains and stuff. Like he had a boxing match before with another YouTuber, and he didn't look too bad. So I knew Nate was gonna lose. I didn't think Nate was gonna get knocked the fuck out. out. Yeah. He got slapped. He should definitely, he should definitely <laughs> shut up and dribble. No, he should shut up and dribble. <laughs> After that one, that was a tough one. He has his to shut tweets, up. His tweets before it made it worse though. Like he, Gee, he only tweeted to, one thing too. It was crazy. crazy. I mean, what was the- talking about the argument? Nah, he said he's doing it for all the hoopers and his kids. Oh, yeah, that one. That was oh, the day of the match. I don't think it was so much. It wasn't so much the knockout. Like, people get knocked out. It was the way he got knocked out, bro. He got knocked out on his, like, he was on his face, bro. Like, that's yeah, the like, worst. Was the entire match, worried about him. Yeah, he like, he was, wasn't moving. But he was there the entire match, though. He got punched and put down the first time on his face. Then the second time, he got put down, like, in between the ropes almost. And had his hand like the, the his head was resting on his gloves. He was mad. Got up. You could see him talking to himself like, "Oh shit!" Like, and yeah. then the referee backed away. Was like, "Let's get it on." And then, boop, 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 face plant. Like, so the ref, this goes back to our old argument: Should the ref have stopped the fight? For sure. A man almost no. died in there. No, <laughs> no, for sure. No. 
he shouldn't have stopped the fight because he was fine. Like he was, and he had his guard up. He was moving. He just got hit. Good. But, but some people, some people could be out on their feet though, bro. Like some people yeah, could yeah, still he wasn't, be out, he wasn't like, out on his feet, like just standing up, like swaying. Like some of those people, like I, I remember seeing some fights where somebody, like, you got to call it a fight, bro. He's swaying with his hands down. Like mm-hmm. Nate had his hands up, guard over his chin. He was moving his head and it just so happened he was moving his head in the direction the punches were going. <laughs> it was like, pat, 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 and then face plant. Like it, ha- it happens. How tall is Paul? He's a big dude. Like he's not short. I think he's definitely over six feet. Hang on, uh, six one. Yeah, six one. Uh, now I was saying, does this open the gate for like people to try Nate Robinson like outside of outside of the I ring? Wouldn't, I wouldn't advise nah. anybody to do that. Like there's a there's a line. Like <laughs> that was for I'm charity, and it was very it was a very charitable moment. But was it for charity? Yes. Think, yeah. Initially, it was like everybody else got attached to it after they saw Mike Tyson and those guys were doing. It. They were all doing this for charity. And, don't get and knocked Trevor was running for like the uh, exposure. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the up, thing. I mean, celebrity celebrity boxing matches like they've been going on for a while, and mm-hmm. that's not unusual. What's unusual is having someone like Jake Paul go in there who has been training for over a year to be an actual boxer. I think that was a mistake can't put freaking nate robinson against someone who's been training for a year are you who, kidding who, me who called who out though nate robinson called him out nate robinson called him out yeah Ooh. Yowza. that's what made it even worse yeah he's like yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do this for, i'm gonna do this with jake paul i'm gonna talk to him or something like that i was like oh what <laughs> yo nah somebody put somebody put something out i guess he tweeted i don't know if this was before the fight or something it said nap time uh, Nate Robinson wrote nap time. Never. No <laughs> lies. I was like, yo. All no facts. Lies. No, all facts. No lies. I don't, yeah, but like you said, I don't think you should try Nate in the street. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's nah. what I think Nate messed up at. Like, street, street fighting isn't boxing. Boxing is totally right. different. Like, yeah, that's yeah. a fact. It's, t- totally it's time different. for breathing and, 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 and cardio and... It's, you, it's you, awkward if you don't know how to box. Like, it's awkward yeah. at first when you first put the glove. It's not... You're throwing gloves. Like, it's not the same. It's more. <laughs> it's, you remember our first like time taking those. Uh, not first time, but like as a group, as a team, like doing boxing. Just seeing oh, yeah. how tired everybody was getting when they got in the ring a little bit. Like it's not like some you just hop in because you got hands in a couple fights when you was young. Like it's a mm-hmm. whole it's a whole different game. People wasn't yeah. when we had the team boxing for conditioning. And we was like spawn one on one. People wasn't getting like beat the fuck up though. You know what I'm saying? Nah, like, that's not true. It's that's different. not true, bro. That's not true. Somebody, Danny, Danny folded Cam Thurman. Who? Danny Jennings folded Cam Thurman. He didn't he drop Cam Thurman. He, like, Cam, he, he hit Cam in. The, he hit Cam like first of all, he threw a couple punches at Cam, and Cam dodged a couple, and then all of a sudden, Danny hit him in the gut, <laughs> and then Cam stopped the fight. <laughs> don't you remember? Don't you remember Danny Jennings like? After scrapping with Cam, he scrapped with someone else. Then they was like, all right, cool. We're going to have you fight with Dev Ebanks. Him and Dev had a solid one. But then the teacher was like, you know what? I'll just fight Danny. So Danny fought four fights. The Cam fight was quick, bro. I think that was, <laughs> the, that was the week before. The week before was Cam. Before we, we he, uh, the teacher ended up working with him. I remember this- he caught the trainer, though. And the trainer. <laughs> and then... Uh, 
Andy was like, yeah, don't don't hold back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the trainer had to try to turn up a little bit. <laughs> Coach Andy, bro, trying to get people knocked out. <laughs> Coach Andy told him not to – he told a, a trained professional <laughs> not to hold back because Danny Jennings was getting ready to work him. Yeah. You know, Danny's just a big dude. He just don't care about getting hit. You know yeah, exactly. Most dangerous people. Game. And it's then a it's fact. a sparring match. You're not really supposed to try to knock nobody out. So you're tapping Danny on the head. And Danny's, just, going, and Danny's throwing haymakers. <laughs> That's what I said. It's just like some people didn't need that. I think that goes, that goes back to the fact, though, I don't like watching people that are not professional at that sport do it. Like, I don't like celebrity games like basketball or football or something like that. I just don't enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, it, you just got to go and know what you're getting. Like, I go in and laugh. Like, like for example, when I saw when I saw that one, I laughed because I just thought it was funny. When I watched Mike Tyson and them go, it, it was still like it was. I laughed because obviously Mike Tyson was in really really good shape. Well, good shape for a fifty one year old or fifty four year old. But like, I I knew it wasn't like you know what you would normally see from a regular boxing match because like you know you've seen so many boxing matches and seen so many basketball games, so you know what the celebrity games are going to bring. It's going to be a bunch of, you know, I want to say not professionals, but for the most part, there's going to be a lot of people that aren't as crisp as the the, the current professionals. Yeah, I actually didn't see it. I saw parts of it. It seemed like it was set up. Like, it didn't seem real. Like, there was like a fake Tyson kick. Like, it was weird. <laughs> like, it just Tyson didn't look. Kick? Yeah, like, he goes to, like, kick him, and it was, like, so, I don't know how to explain it. Let me see if I can find the video. I'll send it to you guys. I thought it was uh, pretty funny, more or less. Yeah. Like, because Roy Jones was dead tired from the very beginning of the match and, and kept holding Mike Tyson. So the entire time, they looked like everybody was saying they looked like two uncles fighting the entire time. Bro, you think this man got knocked out for charity, bro? I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't know. That was clean. No, I'm saying, like, you think he only fought for charity? Who, Nate? No way. Yeah. No, he got paid. All of those dudes get paid, but like the whole event as a to- as a whole was uh, for charity. Uh, so like yeah. I guess like the DraftKings, all the people that took part in it, yeah. they they obviously they made some money off of it and so on and so forth. But I think his uh the whole thing initially is like a, it was a charity boxing match. But why I don't get it. Why weren't they wearing headgear and stuff? If you figure if it's for charity, why aren't you wearing the proper stuff? Like, Nate thought it was about to be one of those shows where he went the whole eight rounds. <laughs> Boxers don't wear headgear anymore. What? They don't. They don't wear headgear. Have you seen a professional boxing fight recently? They don't wear head stuff. I mean, when they no, spar, I'm saying they when they spar, spar, if it's for charity, mm. that's what I'm saying. That's who, valid. Who, who's ever sparring the professional always wears headgear. Most of Martin didn't have that protective headgear. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a charity fight. Yo, why did they call that? Why didn't they call him out though? Anybody got any context to that? Like, why? Because yeah. Jake Paul's like a character. You know, like he's like one of those dudes. Like he's a troll on the internet. He's like, uh, like he kind of got into like doing his boxing stuff pretty weird. And ever since, like, since he started training, he's been talking cash shit to anybody he can to go in the ring and fight him. So like he's like an internet troll. Some some rich kid that was just like you know. That's what he does all, all the time. Uh, Mayweather. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he's just like a troll, low key, but he trains. Uh, you know what I'm saying? 
He'll whoop your ass. He just started doing this. Like, I want to say maybe like, what, three years ago, maybe, I think? Yeah. So, so what does he just say? Okay, so I got the answer. So apparently this has been going on for a while. The drama between Jake Paul and Nate Robinson. It started back in May, a few months after Paul's first professional boxing win over, I can't pronounce this guy's name, Anna Sinem Gibb or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Robinson spoke with TMZ Sports about wanting to fight Paul. Now the call out was mostly seemed random, but Robinson was passionate about it. He said, I want all that smoke. <laughs> oh, he didn't. He didn't <laughs> inhale it. Uh, no, definitely didn't. didn't. Virgin lungs. He said, I'm a top tier athlete. You beating me would probably be the m- biggest accomplishment for your boxing career or social media influence or whatever. No that's, your, that's your biggest claim to fame right now is knocking out Nate Robinson. So come no do lies. it. No yeah. That is his biggest yeah. claim to fame. Think about how embarrassing it was like when dudes used to get beat up in like school, like in high school, and the whole school knew about it. Mm. Yeah, that's so the whole world saw this man get knocked the fuck out, bro. And his memes and <laughs> the hilarious thing is like as I was saying in, in our talk about this earlier, like Jake Paul is a content creator, so like all this practice, he's monetizing that as well. Like he's not just training, he's monetizing that and filming it. Like his social blade, which is like a uh uh reporting thing for like stats on youtubers and how much they make and how many subscribers they have mm-hmm. the dude has like 35 million views a month and is estimated to make between 103,000 to 1.7 million dollars a year from youtube alone damn not counting merch all his like other ventures yeah dude's loaded yeah, he's, a, he's, a rich, he's a rich kid him logan paul like these guys like mm-hmm. this is it's almost like if the dudes from jackass started going into boxing john yeah. Like they, that, they had a, a pretty solid following of doing wild, stupid stuff on, on on the internet and getting people like to laugh and yada yada yada. And then they just started getting into box. One of them got into boxing. You that's, know, that's the last thing the world needs is internet trolls getting into self defense <laughs> and boxing and stuff. Yep. Logan Paul like pranks you in the in the store. You're in Kroger getting some cereal day, and Logan Paul. Throws up. <laughs> all right. I mean, that's all good and well until someone gets shot in fucking Kroger. <laughs> oh, damn. Damn. It's like that. It's like, oh, like, shit. I didn't know it was a joke. He doesn't look like a dude came at me in the middle of Kroger while I was in the cereal aisle with my I, kids. I, like, I think, that's, I think that was the worst part of it, though, because it doesn't look like when they, when they are together, it doesn't look like he should have did that to Nate Robinson. I think that was the most embarrassing part. And if it was somebody that was like super bigger or more intimidating looking, I think we could have accepted it more. But just because it was like a, a blogger or whatever content maker is like, dang, you got beat up by a nerd kind of, so nah, to speak. It's not even, it's not even like that. Yeah, that's what it kind of looks like, though. No, but I mean, it looks like that because we just said he was a content maker prior. Like, he, he's been into this for, like, longer than it seems. Like, he's been yeah. training and boxing longer than it seems. He's had probably one professional fight that people have seen, but he's fought numerous people. At the end of the day, <laughs> what are people going to say? Like, yo, Nate Robinson is the dude that got beat up by that white boy. <laughs> he, told him, he told him, he's like, yo, Nate Robinson's kids, please don't watch this. Mm-hmm. What's the exact word? To taste like Nate Robinson's kids, please don't watch this fight. Because I'm going to knock your dad out. It's going to be bad. <laughs> and what happens? Knocks his dad clean out. Yo. Damn, it is, 
yeah. Jesus Christ. Imagine think, that one. That's yeah. a tough one. I think John's right, though. I think that Nate Robinson in his mind thought, yeah, I can beat this dude up. And he probably could in a street fight. But boxing yeah. is entirely different. He should have been prepared for that. He should have been training way freaking harder knowing that Jake Paul had been training for a while. Here's what I'll tell you. If you can't beat somebody else in a boxing match, you ain't beating him in a damn street fight. I'm not going to hold you. Nah, it's different. Street fight, dude. Yo, yo, nah, hold I mean, on. If it was just Jake Paul and just that dude in a street, I don't see him beating him. He couldn't handle his hands in general. It's different, bro. It's different. Yeah, we both no, different. It. I'm not going to negate that. It is different. That's mm-hmm. Now it's Jake Paul without gloves on. And he lands one of those again. That he was trying to weave. <laughs> now he's gonna be in the street. Like it's, it's so different. Yeah. No, hold on, Dave. So you just don't think Dave Robinson can fight at all? Is what you just no, I just say that. I'm just saying that certain people. All right, John. Can, I, can you, John? Tell me if this makes sense. <laughs> tell me if this makes sense or not. Jake Paul is. I can't even. I can't even bring up another an analogy. It's just more or less like, all right, you fought this dude with all the rules. You can't kick. You can't do whatever you want. I mean, obviously in a street fight, right? And you just took a punch, and the punch hit you tw- three times, and you basically fell down three times. The last time you was knocked out without gloves on. Do bo- our boxers supposed to hit harder? Without gloves on? Yes. Yeah. Because normally boxers who fight are they're not allowed to fight out- outside of the ring because their hands are registered weapons. So the gloves are supposed to help nullify those lethal weapons. So point being, if he got knocked out with punches in the ring, if if Jake Paul were to throw those same punches and one of them lands, it'll be a little bit more deadlier than than well, it was when it those the, mitts won. Made it to the second round, though. You know what I'm saying? So, okay, like, that's what's up. And that's what I'm saying. It, it, like a minute long, a minute maybe. But he two. fell twice in between rounds. He made it to the no. second round and he got fl- f- he got floored. And that ha- I mean, it's every, it's boxing, so people are getting put down. People are going to fall, get knocked out. So I'm not saying he got floored like he's like some bum that anybody can floor. Like, no. The point is that he made it to the second round and then got knocked out. The That's other rounds, he was on the floor as well. Yeah. So, so I mean, twice before fight, though, he got knocked out. In the street fight, though, there's no rules. Like, you can't that, push. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. You can't push. You can't do any of that stuff. Nate, and I Nate didn't remember seeing Jay Paul pushing much. I saw and punches. Nate, and Nate is strong, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's true. If he get his hands on him, maybe. I don't know. But all I'm saying is if Jake Paul got his hands on him, I see. I see Nate. I would bet again. I would bet for Nate in the street fight. And I, I see Nate scooping him and then just going to work. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good point. If he scoop him and do all that, then possibly. But if he can't get to him, because the reach is about the same. If he could just throw a punch and he hit get hit again, I don't know, bro. That's when that. That's when that hawk come out in them streets fights. That's when the the hawk come out. Like you just let loose, bro. In a, in a boxing right. match, you got to prepare yourself for eight rounds. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah, different. I hear you. That is true. That's a good point. That that's a good thought process. You you hope somebody could do that. I don't I don't want to make this sound like an excuse for Nate, but it doesn't seem like he took him serious though. Even right. with his boxing background and everything, it don't seem like he took him that serious. Honestly, he took him serious after that first one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once he got in it, but, but I'm talking about before, like the preparation for it. Yeah. Yeah. Is he okay? Yeah. I'm sure. I don't he know. Is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it took him ten minutes. Just because he ain't on Twitter don't mean he ain't okay. He fine. Has he tweeted or been on Instagram or anything? Nah, just because he ain't online don't mean he not okay. He's uh, he's probably in the house chilling. It looked horrible, like just yeah. the collapse. Mm-hmm. Oh, it did. He caught him. I just don't. I wouldn't want to see that in the street. That's all. 
That's why we so had to keep you, it in the boxing ring because in a street fight, I couldn't. My next topic: Would you do a boxing match with Mike Tyson for twenty million dollars? Oh, no, <laughs> twenty million. Oh. Twenty mil. Should at this point in my life, yeah, I probably would. I'll be dancing like a motherfucker. KJ's already rich, so we already know his answer. But Deshaun, no, what would you do with twenty million? Is it like a, a, a regular boxing match, or do I, can I wear protective gear? It's like last night, just like last night, same stuff. Bro. No, same you saw what happened. Oh, Roy, you saw Roy Jones. Did he get folded? Man, Roy Jones was hugging him the entire match. Yeah. For real. Nah, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of pathetic. Like, neither one of them are really throwing punches. And even when they were, like, Mike Tyson was not, like, throwing to Mike Tyson's ability. You know? Exactly. He was trying to punch, but Roy was just holding on to him, bro. It was... Yeah. So, would I be able to hold on to Mike Tyson for three... For eight rounds? (laughs) Two-minute rounds? I might, but... I'm going to take that chance for 20 million, though. No one said you had to last the whole fight, either. Yeah, you know what? Fuck that. I might take that 20 million chance. <laughs> they, as soon as that motherfucker brush, if he brush a, a, a hair on me, I'm going to fall. Kaysa, you, wouldn't, you, wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't get in the ring with a 60-year-old Mike Tyson for 20 million? My health is worth more than money to me. So uh, if I can't, if I'm not around to spend it, it don't really matter how much I get. So I ain't, even, even with a 60 year old Mike Tyson, he get that one snap, that one hit, bro, you out of here. Hey, what about Jake, what about Jake yeah. Paul? Would you like Jake Paul for a million? I would have, mm-hmm. I would have before this match. <laughs> Nick Robinson. Nah, you ain't fighting Jake Paul. I ain't fighting Jake ring. Paul. But nah, that's what they used to ask the crazy question. Like, go ahead, Dave. I used to ask him. Was like, all right, you're in the district, second floor. You used to date Mike Tyson's daughter. Hypothetical daughter. That mm-hmm. wasn't a, that wasn't a scenario. But and then you did something. She's mad at you. And now Mike Tyson, you go to open the door. Mike Tyson, an angry Mike Tyson's at the front door. What you doing? I'm jumping off the damn nope. balcony. Everyone else said that except for John. <laughs> really? We're You're talking about Mike Tyson in his prime. Third story balcony instead of just <laughs> taking an ass whooping. If you take an ass whooping, if you I take an ass whooping, I ain't taking an ass whooping. That's a different type of ass whooping, though. That's not like a regular. That's a different type of ass whooping, bro. Nah, but I'm. I'm Mike uh, Tyson in his prime ass whooping. Come on, yeah, now it's prime. Now you're trying to. If it's outside, I'm fighting. If it's if it's outside, I'm I'm fighting. If it's for, yeah, if it's for my life, then yeah, I'm fighting for sure. I'm not jumping off the balcony. For a balcony. Nobody. Balcony? For nobody. So now you now you're in a wheelchair and everyone's looking at you like, oh, you the one that jumped off the balcony. Yeah. The and then he whooping your ass in a wheelchair. <laughs> everyone, everyone. We're we're only on the can, second floor. It wasn't the second floor. Everyone can, everyone can understand. Uh, ask you getting your ass whooped by Mike Tyson. Tyson, everyone they can't running. understand you jumping off a balcony though. <laughs> off the balcony, I will That's understand. <laughs> like, oh, Under, shit, Mike Tyson, Tyson. we understand that both. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, he jumped off the balcony. I get it. Yeah, I get, <laughs> I get it. it. Yeah. I get it. I'm just wow. saying, a twisted ankle, maybe okay, but what's worse, a twisted ankle, even a broken leg, or not to mention severe brain damage. I mean, let's get real. Not to mention, too- no, he not, just like he said. Oh, what is Mike Tyson? No one said you had to hurl yourself off a balcony either. 
Right, we can shimmy uh, down yeah, that balcony. Just get to the balcony. You, you just got to get to the balcony and, and shimmy your way down the best you can. I, that's even For worse. For all y'all that shimmy. He's trying to shimmy down the balcony and Mike Tyson grabs you and pulls you back up and then beats you. Can we talk, before we switch topics again, can we talk about one more thing from this fight, though? The commentating from Snoop Dogg? Legendary. Yo, he said... <laughs> First of all, Snoop Dogg commentating on a boxing match. That alone is the funniest thing legendary. I've I've heard. He was like, it's two it's, it's two things you can't play. One is boxing and the other is pimping. I was like, what? What, what the fuck does that mean? Can't play pimping, bro. What the fuck does that mean, bro? Man, you, oh, and he sang, he sang. I like now he sang Nate Robinson to sleep. <laughs> Once Nate Robinson went down the second time, he sang him a church, a church song until until Jake Paul put him down. He sang for no. like thirty seconds, and then all of a sudden he was asleep. It was like just stay down. <laughs> he was singing him like a church hymn. He was like, he was like mm-hmm. oh, 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 something like that, bro. You know, I, I said Jake Paul put him down. He's like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like Snoop Dogg was legendary, but yo, he was next to like Sugar Ray. I think Sugar Ray Leonard was like the other host. It's like yeah, you got Snoop Dogg and Sugar Ray Leonard hosting a box. He was la- like Sugar Ray was over there laughing about it too. Like that's what I'm saying. Like Snoop was awesome. They got to yeah. they got to put Snoop in the contract somewhere. Epic, bro. It was epic. Yeah, that was funny. That was a good time. Yeah. I was I was I was entertained. I didn't see it, but I might want to buy the next fights. No, nah, definitely. You gotta check. They got they got some clips out there. You probably catch the clips, John. It, they it was it was hilarious, bro. I'm not All I saw was Nate. I didn't see. I didn't even see Tyson. Nate. Yeah, you don't need to see Tyson. You just need to watch Nate and then listen yeah. to New Dog. <clears throat> it's not That's a long fight. It won't take that everyone long to watch. Here, everyone here yeah. at the final forecast wishes Nate a speedy recovery. Hope <laughs> Nah, that's no joke. Hey, man. Yeah, no, you know, chill, you know, yeah. get hurt Are from you boxing, laughing, especially celebrity boxing. Chill, so, bro. Why, why you why you say a speedy recovery? He not in the hospital. Why you say we that? Don't know where that we is. know of, we have no idea. No one that's knows true. where he is. That's true. Yeah, but his pride's gonna take a while to recover too. So yeah, yeah. Oh, like those dudes take like months and months to recover from a fight, even if it's a close one. So Who's that, that one. Yeah, he didn't have nobody to catch him when he fell. So Roy Jones said take a month for to heal. Yeah, Roy Jones said that he's feeling pretty bad. And he had, all he did was hold somebody the entire time. <laughs> said Mike Tyson hits harder than he thought. Yeah, duh, motherfucker! Like what? <laughs> That's what you would have said. <laughs> nah. <laughs> You good, John? The Mike Tyson hit harder than I thought. You win, son. That's why we told you to jump off the balcony. Shimmy down, baby. Shimmy. Nothing that's wrong with that. Shoot, that's why dudes be shooting everybody and stuff like that, though, because they scared to get their ass. Yeah, I'm not up for getting a murder because I'm afraid of an ass whooping. That's just, <laughs> it's not necessary. <laughs> I just take the ass whooping. You're listening to the final forecast. Get involved and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Final Forecast. 
And this episode of The Final Forecast, of course, brought to you by The Book Exchange. They have everything you need for your holiday gift sets this year. Don't forget to go check them out, bookexchangewv.com. They also have two locations in Morgantown, one there on Willie Street and, of course, also in the Evansdale campus. Uh, And, of course, their sale this month going from December 2nd to the 9th. And they're going to be donating 10% of sales to give a hoop for their Lace Up for Life program, which, of course, Supplies brand new athletic shoes to kids in need, which Deshaun Butler, since you are the uh, person that started the Give a Hoop Foundation, tell us what this does for these kids. Well, I mean, hopefully it does a lot. Um, initially, I would say maybe a couple years ago, the Board of Education gave us permission to contact all principals in Mon County so we can offer shoes and socks to needy students who may need oh. them. Um, we decided to partner with uh, some of the schools because we knew they would, you know, they knew the kids, they knew which kids would need them. And each school, we send an application and then they would send that application back to us, letting us know, you know, how many shoes, what sizes, and if they've got, you know, if the students are boys or girls. And, you know, we've been very fortunate. I mean, uh, after that, we started getting the shoes to come in. We went from, you know, from store to store, letting people know what we were doing. And I mean, over these, like I said, over the past couple of years, we were able to get shoes, get money. And with that money, we were able to distribute over 50 pairs of shoes to like over three schools so far. Oh, wow. That's phenomenal. Yeah. And hopefully we can keep getting more and keep giving more. That's the whole, (laughs) that's the whole goal, man. Absolutely. So definitely go check out the book exchange. Once again, December 2nd through the 9th, 10% is going to be given to this program. Yeah, that's great. I know that uh, each year they pick a charity. So like, I think one thing we've seen throughout the pandemic is just how much sports means to kids. And as mm-hmm. everybody's hurting right now, um, it can't hurt for people that may need some help and want to provide for their kids and, and, and let their kids live up to uh, their potential. And I know, Day, that um, growing up with not a lot of money, uh, my mom bent over backwards to get me uh, shoes for soccer and, and cricket. So this is a wonderful thing you're doing. Yeah, same. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie. Thank you, Dave. And same with me. You know, my my mom and dad didn't have really much early on, uh, starting when I was growing up, and just giving getting these opportunities from you know adults and other people that care it helped me out a ton growing up in North New Jersey. So, you know, if you can get something, give it back to these kids and and just help out. Just out of curiosity, Dave, do uh, I just I, I just want to ask a question? Do you take private donations too? Yeah, we take private donations, whatever you got, whatever anybody wants, honestly, at the end of the day, it's just more or less whatever we can get, we can go and resurface that stuff right back to the children any which way possible, whether cool. it be through Lace Up Through Life, whether it be through the uh, our toy drop that we do around Christmas for um, for the uh, for the McDonald house. Like we do all kinds of things and it's all geared towards helping children and helping families, too. So. Let's go Mountaineers. What about this uh WVU winning a um winning a tournament? Bad boy classic. mowers. Yes, Bad sir. boy mowers classic. Yes, Crossover sir. classic. Mm-hmm. That was dope, man. I Congrats. don't you think that's like important to go into the rest of your season with the uh, one of those uh those uh Thanksgiving championships? I think that's dope. For sure. Gives For you sure. a nice little nice boost of confidence going into your um uh, your rec- I mean, your non-conference schedule and the rest of your season. Like, I think that's a good thing. Is it valid there? 
Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like it wasn't like they had like the mm-hmm. biggest advantage over everybody else. Like everybody showed most of these teams didn't even know they're going to be playing against each other. They, they found like a week and a, a week and a half ago because certain teams dropped out and some got, got replaced. Yeah. So they didn't really get a, you know, a, a some good, are faster like, than that. Some of them are switching out like the day before the game. Exactly. So yeah, like they had to go in and do scouting reports. I remember Hugs saying like, you know, shit. They they just added Western Kentucky after. I mean, yeah, Western Kentucky uh, into the tournament, and he they didn't get a chance to even, like, do much film on them because they weren't pr- there prior. So, like, getting as much information on them as you can and going there, having the guys had the right mentality and play, I mean, I thought, I, I thought it was good. I feel you on that, though, John. To win. Because I was, was kind of thinking the same thing. Like, I mean, not saying is it valid because you a win is a win regardless, but, you know, it wasn't the original field that was planned. But I think that also works to their credit, too, is that they could adapt to their competition because they could have easily lost those games as well. So definitely. Yeah. So I think it was a good, good win and solid way to start off the season. How y'all think they played? Mm. I wasn't too uh, wild. I was happy to see Derek pick up his like he played well the first game. I was happy to see him pick his like intensity up the second and third game. Like that Mm -hmm. was dope. Um, Oscar was like had a slow start, but then I mean, still ten rebounds and and thirteen points ain't like you know in certain games and so on and so forth. Like anytime you get a double double, that's not easy. I don't care who you are. So like as much as like he may not have scored the ball as much as everybody would love to have seen, he still went out there and brought the effort and then still helped the team get the W and got a double double. Um, Deuce was good. Um, once again, it's just time like I mean he's still young he's st- but he still played really really well I was happy to see Sean play well and I was happy to see Taz play well Taz man that surprised me no nah, like, not real I mean that's these guys led the country in scoring in junior college so they can score the basketball but I always say like you know junior college guys and, and freshmen always have it difficult with coach Huggins when they first get there it takes a while to get adjusted to mm-hmm. what he does and the style of practice like me and John always talk about and argue about and after a while, the guys usually come in and do what they're supposed to do. Like, I think of, like, Jay Sean Page and I think of Casey Mitchell. Like, those dudes, like, it took them, like, up to half the season. I thought Taz and Sean were getting to that point last season, but the season ended short. Right. I guess I was just surprised because I, you know, I thought Sean McNeil would be the one just, you know, firing the ball and making the baskets, considering what we've heard from other people. But I love to see Taz step up the way he did. He was making some great shots. And I think Culver impressed me as well. Um, Culver. Oh, yeah. He Um, sees a piece. But I have a question, and I hope you guys can answer it for me. Why does Oscar not dunk the damn ball? I mean, there were so many times I'm yelling at the TV, just dunk the ball. Like, I don't know what the hesitation is. Do y'all think that with all the <laughs> accolades and stuff that he's receiving and, you know, a lot of talk of the draft that is kind of getting in his head or is it just early and he hasn't found his niche yet? I think mm. it's kind of early. I okay. think it's early too. If I had to put like a number on it, I'd probably be like, uh, it's early 75 or 80% and then the rest of it maybe. But everybody has that in the back of their mind when they are like possibly can get that though. You know what I'm saying? Even when you thought like, or I thought like whoever thought that they could get a chance to go to the NBA, like that's in the back of their head, but that doesn't uh, affect too much everything. Cause when the game's going on, the game's going on. Yeah. yeah. I, I asked that because um, I didn't really see all of the games, but from what I could gather, like he had two fouls quickly, like in all of the games he was in foul trouble. 
And that kind of, for me, is like you either playing too fast or being too nervous or something like that. Like, that just comes, I think, from a lack of focus or something. I was just wondering if that might have been in the back of his mind, especially during the start of the season. I agree with you. I mean, I think more lack of focus is uh, the thing because he's ta- like athletically strong, strong enough and he can he can get to those spots. He's not what I would say. He's a terrible lateral mover either. So, mm-hmm. like, for him to pick up some of the fouls he was picking up, they weren't really, like, you know, he could have not got him, to say the yeah. least. Why won't he dunk the ball, though? I don't, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I, I was it's not say. really hard. I mean, it is pretty hard to do that, though, just to get the rebound and go straight back straight up. Straight up, yeah. It's not an okay. easy thing. That, that 10 foot rim. How old is uh, Oscar? He's like 6'7? Six, I, I would say. 6'7, <laughs> 6'8. Six, six, it's pretty hard to do, but he does yeah, do definitely. that. Though. Vertical? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I see him dunk the ball a lot. Clean when he's by himself. I don't. I don't really see him like I've seen him dunk a couple times in crowds, but he doesn't like just dunk in crowds all the time. But he's six Is foot he? nine, so he's damn near up near that basket. Uh, he's not six nine. He's not six nine. That's what Google says. They lied. <laughs> What's it, none of that matters until you go to the NBA and they measure you and they're like, "Oh shit, you're six nine. You're six two. <laughs> Can you play the one? Six two. <laughs> Can you play the one? No. Okay. Yeah, I thought they looked good. Uh, yeah, but they they still haven't found like their niche yet. It's, it's early in the season, so they only played what three games. So they still haven't found like okay, who's the six man? I think Tyus would be a good six man. They haven't decided like okay, we're good at this, we're bad at this. X, Y, Z, and the third. You know what I'm saying? So it's still early. They'll be – I think they'll put it together nicely. Though. Yeah, most definitely. And not to mention, I was uh, I was worried about Emmett. I know I was texting John. I was like, I'm worried if Emmett's going, like, you know, so he started – he's played – I felt like he played well his last game. Like, mm-hmm. and going – like, as the season – as it's gone, gradually gone. Like, I felt like he's gotten better and started playing a little bit more comfortable. I was just worried that uh, he uh, – was falling into like the menace game and so on and so forth. And you know, I mean, coach was getting into a little bit. That's what I said. I was like, I was wondering if he was falling into those menace games. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm really worried about is if coach gets in his head, that's the only thing that'll mess him up. You know what I'm saying? Cause that could happen quick, bro. You don't even know when it's happening. And all of a sudden you mad (laughs) in the the doghouse. Dead ass though. Well, I'm sure it's also a big, and you guys can answer this question, but with COVID going on, it's not like they had scrimmages. It's not like they were playing, you know, now this, now they're actually in a real game setting. That changes things, does it not? Most definitely. I mean, yeah. you just work, you, like that last competition was March for most of them. Mm-hmm. And they haven't had a chance to like, you know, play against anybody but themselves. No preseason, no exhibition, no nothing. So, Yeah. Then you just pop up and it's like season's going like so you gonna have all that stuff that you would get out of the way early there so and uh someone pointed out to me on on Instagram uh my man Richie he listened to the show he was like uh no one on the team has any tournament experience none that's true that's very <laughs> that's true. true as well like so they're talking about like this is the next Final Four team and he was like how many teams have been to, to the final four watched on won a national championship with zero tournament uh, turn- experience it's yeah. tournament yeah. experience That's a good point. A, i never a thought about that factor. is that a big factor you think i i, I think like it, it helps is. a lot and 
I think it, I, I mean, I don't know how much, how valid that is during the regular season, but I mean, definitely in like, I guess I would say a big 12 tournament going towards the end of the season. That's when most teams start priming up for that, for that run. So that could help them. That could be to a detriment for them too. If you don't have that, that experience of like, okay, this is when we need to turn up. This is when we need to play our best basketball. So mm-hmm. that could kind of hurt them too. Yeah, just knowing how to navigate in postseason play is very important, I think. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. John, like, before you got there, John, we at least had a postseason with the NIT. Mm-hmm. So seeing how we had to play in that and then just watching, like, when I was a freshman, just watching how the older guys played in that, like Darius and Frank and those dudes, like, just seeing the level you have to play at to win a postseason was good for me to see and then participate in. And then we go to next year, Hugs gets there. And you getting a chance to go to the tournament and watch us play, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, play. Like, you know what I'm saying? You didn't get a chance to, like, go out there and kill or do anything like that. So, like, being around a team as a young player, watching the older guys get a chance to go out there and play in the NCAA made it even easier for you when you went the – not maybe not the next year because we got knocked out quick, but the following year, you knew what you were expecting. So, yeah, like, it was was easier because you could look to your left and your right and be like, all right, these guys have been here before. Been there, yeah. And I'm just a deer in the headlights, you know what I'm saying? So then flash forward to the final four year, I got the experience and I get to tell you guys, like, yo, relax, just chill. We got this. And you know what I'm saying? Everybody just, I got to carry you guys. So it was just yeah, great. That's like, that's that's funny, folks. I always uh, talked about that. Like, you ever, do you think, like, because uh, I know we always talk about, like, uh, maybe Hugs did this right or did this wrong. We always had these conversations and stuff. And... You, you ever notice, like, if you have a team that's, like, for example, a really good team and you have, like, a guy that's, like, a go-to guy on the team, then the following year, um, maybe the team may not do as well, but it's not because that go-to guy is not there, but it's more or less because those guys that were there prior never had to get those shots up and get those things, that like, the way they used to. Like, they didn't have to do that the year before. So, like, they, they're taking yeah. a big dip confidence-wise. Yeah. yeah. Like, they gotta take a, you got to make a jump. Like I think about like JC and them, and then all of a sudden the next year, JC after JC leaves, like Lamont and and those guys had to like step into those shoes, but they didn't have to because JC did and and Dax and those guys did so much heavy lifting, or so much or got a chance to do more of the get more of the scoring and more of this and then more of that. Now now when it was time for like Lamont and those guys to go, like they weren't accustomed to doing it, and then everybody's sitting there like why why don't they just play well? And it's like get them a chance to get acclimated to this new thing like they this is not something you just turn on and turn off like like people are accustomed to doing certain things so teams could go i agree it's yeah especially like so and some people aren't like you have your leaders and you have your scorers and when they leave they expect like okay next person up but it's sometimes it's not always the next person up like that's they have to grow like you said grow into that role and sometimes people aren't ready for it or they think they are and then they get into it and they and they're really not so that mm-hmm. it takes a lot of time too. I know, especially after you left day, it took a lot of time for me. And then, you know, John kind of being in that position too of trying to lead the team and, and do what we need to do and make up for your, you know, for your absence. So that it takes time for sure. But then that was the thing like, I didn't have to, like that was why I always, I brought it up. Cause like when I was in the team, like I didn't have to really lead by verbals too much, like because Joe was there and Cam was there, who knew what we we're doing, and then John didn't really give us that many problems. And like on the court, like with ease, like John will do what we need to do. You were doing what we needed to do, so like everybody kind of fell in line to like 
the the group of leadership. When I left, John and Joe were the leaders too with Cam. So like you had a group of people there. So like I always wonder like when you know these things happen, you know, they don't have anybody that has any tournament experience. So I wonder who's gonna be the guy to get everybody together, especially when how many people are we playing right now? Seven or eight? Seven, I think. That's what I was going to say. We're supposed to be like the deep team. Yeah, right. I didn't see that. I specifically remember hearing that. So like just hearing us be the deep team and we're playing seven people right now. Like, yeah, I remember like like, we got a bunch of guys that just transferred in and our Jugos are starting to finally get their feet wet and understand what they need to do and getting their confidence together so they can play comfortably. So it's just going to take a little time, but hopefully like, you know, these guys come together and then they can all lead together. I like the the seven man eight seven eight man rotation though, because then yeah, the guys are more like, comfortable in their positions. Like when we was there, you know, hugs and give a fuck, bro. Like <laughs> I made a mistake. If I made a mistake, Wells is coming in. Wells made a mistake, he would go to Camp Thurman. Camp Thurman made a mistake, he would go to Bird. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, yo. So then I get in the game. I'm like, damn, I can't make a mistake because I know I'm gonna come out. It's four people behind get me. Get it, Dash. <laughs> There's four people behind me. I ain't never get back you in. Three times not to dribble with your left finger. So I know. I, I know y'all be looking at the games like, yo, he just made a mistake and he's not coming out the game. I'll be, I'll be calling like, all right, he about to come out and mm-hmm. the camera goes past the the uh, substitution table the scores table and no one's at the score table. i'm like oh what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is unfair right that is living when i went to a practice bro he would literally go all the way down the bench like bird to bird get him i I also think over the years too because he kind of talked about it when we interviewed him like he i think he's learned more as a coach even with all his years of experience that you know sometimes you gotta let a guy work through mistakes where before he was quick to you know pull somebody's now he's like okay maybe i'll give more leniency to somebody Nothing, nothing's funnier than knowing you're ready to come out and then someone like, Yo, I'm getting that shot up. Oh, yeah, I'm getting that shot up before I get up. Because you know when you're coming out. John, uh, you'll see like a three go up from the corner. And he, John knew already. Like, <laughs> What's crazy is sometimes he'll call the person that was subbing in for you back. Like, don't get, if you make the shot, he'll yeah. tell them. <laughs> Yo. Oh, he good, he hot, he hot. Let's go. Not the most petty thing though is if somebody on the free throw line and I see somebody coming in for me, I'm missing that second free throw. Bro, <laughs> you're not wow. coming, you're not coming in. Nah, I'm getting the second <laughs> one. You, you ever get he ever yell at you while you at the free throw line? Nah, nah, he never I don't remember him ever doing that. That'd be the only time he would yell at me. Make the damn free. It's like the gym's quiet as hell while I'm shooting. <laughs> Make yeah, the damn you. free throw. Hoisted that shit up there. No. Like that was smart. You're gonna look at him. You're gonna look at him. You're gonna acknowledge him. real quick not to not to change the subject, but we should congratulate Coach Mike Carey on his 700th win. Tough. That was huge. Tough. So Tough. congrats, Tough. Coach. Yeah. Yeah, coach Carey's been doing this for a long time, man. So congrats, Coach, man. You deserve it. Well yeah. deserved. 
He's been getting sure. He's been getting dubs since sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> sheesh, a he's while. A great coach for, for a minute, man. man. For real. Mm-hmm. Should we get him on the show? We love to have him on the show. Women's basketball gets over overlooked. Over, yeah, they, like we don't talk about our women's team. We should do that a little bit more, man. I tried to get uh, damn, what's her name? Forgot her name. I tried to get her on the show last season, but she didn't want to come on. Were you doing your usual drawn flirty thing and like going a bit too hard at it instead of being like, "Hey, would you like to come on the show?" See, I'm a natural flirtist, so I really don't notice when I'm flirting or not. Mm. I could have, could have not. I don't know. Here we don't beat yourself up. Yeah, I won't. Good, 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 good. Keep doing what you're doing, baby. Keep doing what you're doing. I've seen, I've seen you make water turn turn water into wine with that with that conversation flow. <laughs> Did y'all see the, the that team that lost by uh, like a hundred? Yeah, that's oh that's South Carolina. Yeah, I, uh, I think College of Charleston. Yeah, it's insane. That's crazy, bro. I imagine can't let that, somebody imagine that next ball day or a hundred ball me. Like what? Imagine that next do? day. What do you do? There's nothing to look at. You don't even want to see that film. We all foul out. Just everybody just foul out and end the game. So no, we don't have enough players to play. Nah, they just keep you in. <laughs> and then if you foul, then it's a technical foul. So then they get more points. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, bro. I feel like nah, I'm not gonna say that. That sounds all you can say is like, yo, I got like I'm I got COVID, and then they just end the game. <laughs> and they get out by 40, 50. A hundred point ball? That's a lot of points, bro. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna say I was gonna say something, I'm not gonna say, bro. But uh yeah, that's that's crazy. Like, man, I can imagine that one. Get some uh women's players on the show if you that's what y'all wanna do. It's time to hear what you had to say as we play your audio messages and read out your text. Don't forget to call and text at 304-807-9098 with your questions or comments. We want to hear from you. It's time to check out some of our friends of the show who are uh, awesome enough to leave us a voicemail, and you can too. 304-807-9098. And don't forget to also follow us on social media. You can send us comments and stuff there as well at uh, Final Forecast. So we had a, uh, a listener um, follow John's call during the WVU game. Um, I think this is the half, so don't know how um, proficient this guy is. Yeah, I'm watching this game, West Virginia versus South Dakota State, and I am not impressed. I mean, guys out there playing with no passion, get beat on rebounds. It's like, they need a point guard, man. I don't know what happened to McGabe or McCabe, why he not starting no more. <laughs> but the only one really showing me something is uh, McBride, looking like he going to the league. But hopefully these guys turn it up second half. I'm not impressed. Signing out. What part of Maryland is he from? I have oh, no man. idea. He didn't leave a name. <laughs> John, he you know that's somebody we know. Why is that? I feel like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. His voice Mm. sounds familiar. That's what I'm I'm saying. He sounds like somebody we know. Getting to his critique of the game. Um, Oh man, I can't say they weren't playing with passion. Like I just felt like they they came out slow. Like they just ain't have no rhythm in the beginning, and it took them a while to get it. And uh, yeah, he sounds like somebody that that doesn't really know WVU basketball like that is just watching it right now. Mm. That's what it sounds like. I don't want to accuse that, but 
That's just what it sounds I'm like. Not, I agree a little bit because sometimes, like, yeah. I was talking in the group chat with those, the, the like, some of our former players, like, some of those players, some of our players play with, like, no sense of urgency. You know what I'm saying? And, like, mm. you know how good they could be, but it looks like some of them just don't really care sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm. I agree a little bit. Yeah, I definitely agree a little bit. I would just say that was the first game entirely. I felt like uh, we did, we won, which is very good because you don't have to lose to learn. Big hugs on. But uh, the uh, the first game, we had small spots where we did really well. We just, we did good. But I felt like we had a lot of, uh, you know, uh, our urgency wasn't there. And it kind of seemed like we were going through emotions the majority of the game. I don't know if that was nerves, though, or what. Cause the first game, so like I was saying, right. you, you're gonna get what you get. These guys haven't played in a while. I think the second game and the third game, it did well though, like to get out of that first game rut type deal. I think expectations play a part in that too, cause then you got everybody saying, okay, it's a Final Four, national championship team, or bust. So that the first game, everyone's expecting like oops and just a dominant performance. Right, man. exactly. Well, that is true, Flo. That is true, bro. Like when you yeah, start hearing, when you start hearing, like this is the national championship team. Like everybody's gonna be sitting there, like, all right, let's see what we got going on. And then, well, that's yeah. yeah, that was my expectation too. After everyone we talked to talk about how good we're gonna be this year, I think our expectations were too high. You it's know, true. these these kids are still young; yeah, they're still figuring true. it out. Not to mention, you gotta think that the schedule too, or what set it up, like set up to that game. I mean, geez, mm-hmm. like we watched Gonzaga play, we watched freaking and can't we watch Gonzaga and Kansas play, we watched Virginia play, we watched Illinois play. Like these are all teams that are in the top twenty-five and can hoop. And we go and see like like these games, these crazy blowouts, and then our team goes and plays, and then it, you know, everybody was just, you know, they had their they were expecting like something extremely crazy, but I mean it didn't turn out that way the first game. But and you still get a championship out of it. And that's why I'm I'm like not so quick to heap so much praise on a team that hasn't proven itself yet. Not saying that they won't and they won't get to the heights that everybody thinks, but it's just like you gotta, you know, you gotta slow down and see what the team does first. Cause you can have a lot of talent and not necessarily have a good team. So right. you just gotta take that in consideration. Happens every year. Mm-hmm. Not with us, but I'm saying in general, happens every year with their talented teams and they don't get anything so yeah it's not a foreign concept well call me um and maybe i'm wrong about this not I, I mean i don't know a whole lot about basketball but it seems like once these guys get comfortable in their roles i think we could be okay yeah like nah, i think they could good. go far yeah they can i mean it's just a matter of i just feel like it's just a matter of getting guys to uh be confident in their in their offensive game more or less mm-hmm. yeah um we know that if we miss shots, Derek and Oscar are going to be there. So it's just a matter of, you know, getting Sean and Taz to stay consistent and making shots, getting Emmett to make some shots and uh, and being consistent as well. And just other and having guys embrace the, the defensive end a little bit more. I feel like, uh, yeah, I, got, I feel like, uh, what do you call it? Oscar got a bunch of those fouls because like people are getting blown by. Mm-hmm. So like you have to step up, and you see the Western Kentucky game. Like our guys will step up, and someone will get a pass or get a get a rebound, an offensive rebound. And same with the South Dakota State game, like they were driving to embrace the help, so that you can make that extra pass to the next guy, and that's what kept the game kind of close. So like I think us doing a better job of standing in front of our, you know, our men would be the the, the key to the team being successful. 
Shout out to Derek Cole for getting MVP of the game. Uh, the yeah, yeah. More shout out DC. Beast, beastly, uh, DC, bro. Beastly performances. Mm-hmm. Number one, Honda. I don't know. From his first game, and then you look at the second and third, bro. He he looked completely different. Like his second and third game, bro. It was it wasn't even close. Yeah. Like wasn't even close. So seeing him pick up his urgency from the first game and then just take on the challenge the rest of the way through the tournament. I'm excited to see what they look like against Gonzaga. We have another voicemail from a good listener who's excited. And please send us your voicemails. It doesn't have to be as nice as this next one, but this one was really nice, guys. You ready? Mm-hmm. How's it going, guys? Ashley, uh, my name is Andy. I'm just a new listener and uh, just getting caught up through some of the episodes. And I just listened to the episode where you guys had Dennis on. And it reminded me of a story, uh, a quick story that I'll tell you. It's pretty funny. So um, a couple years ago, I was in Charlotte with a friend for the West Virginia football game where we played Tennessee um, at the Panther Stadium. Anyhow, after the game, get ready to travel home at the Charlotte airport. Uh, my buddy's wearing a West Virginia basketball hoodie. And uh, this guy sits down across from us, and he's a very, very tall man, and he's wearing Iowa State uh, like athletic gear. And I recognized him, but I can't play so. I knew he was a player because I follow college basketball closely. Um, anyhow, a couple minutes of silence, staring at each other. Finally, he says, West Virginia, huh? My buddy explains, yeah, we're fans. We both went to school there, whatever, whatever. And he said, yeah, I hated playing West Virginia. And we just kind of laughed. We're like, oh, really? And he goes on to tell the story about being in Morgantown on senior night uh, when it was Dennis's last game and they played the Turkish National Anthem and he goes on to say uh, not sure if you guys have ever heard it but it's not a very nice song it's a very ominous song and then he had to go out and guard him and he was terrified <laughs> turns out after I looked who he was on the internet it was George's Niang now playing for the Jazz yeah. um, anyhow he just went on to say that he loved it he would have come to West Virginia would have loved to have uh, and he had a lot of respect for the program but the story about Dennis was hilarious I just thought I'd share it with you guys because I just listened to the episode <laughs> anyhow love the podcast uh, I'm out here in Minneapolis but grew up born and raised in West Virginia and uh, look forward to catching up and getting through uh, all of them thanks guys see you later bye aww dope shout out to you that was awesome Andy what up my man Damn, that was good stuff. Dave, you got a, you have the Turkish national anthem? Is it, I never heard of it. I, I will find it. Oh, and dude, it's that. it's dark. Ominous. I remember that. It's very, oh, it's very ominous. It sounds like some crazy, I don't even know what. Fitting. Yeah, fitting, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not upbeat by any stretch of the imagination. It's dark. I wonder how do countries pick their national anthems, like... What is the requirement to for your that to be a national anthem? That's a great question, actually. No clue. KJ, what would your national anthem be if you started a country? Um, I got hoes. I got hoes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was a joke. That was a joke, everybody. Too late. I'm not Aesthetic. this. I'm not Keep this it on the show. I'm not this guy that people make me out to be. Yeah. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Nah, That's oh, no, definitely bro. the anthem in, on Jones Island. I, I guarantee <laughs> you. Jones Island. He brought, up, he brought that up, and then he brought up Snoop Dogg. So you can't play Pimpin' too. So. <laughs> hey, listen, his mouth. Listen, don't don't do that to me. Don't do that. Listen. To me. <laughs> listen. 
Oh, man. Oh, that's too good. That's done. Show and finder. At the MP3. 15, 15, and three blocks. That's insane. 15 rebounds. That's hard. That's hard, bro. That's, that's hard to tough. do. That's Kevin said that's difficult. And he was always here now. <laughs> Whose stat was that? <laughs> I used to hate that shit. Box out Kevin. Go, go. I'm like, man. oh my God. <laughs> I was just looking at it. Did you box him out? Yes. Give him one for lying. Hey, give him two for lying. Two for lying. <laughs> oh, damn. That sounds like a Disney movie anymore. <laughs> Sounds like you're going into war. Like it's like a. It sounds like you're like literally like something out of a Disney movie. It's pretty nice. Darth Vader coming down. Yeah. Yes. Like, dun, yes. Dun, dun. Bro, that's a Star Wars anthem. Yeah. <laughs> and then you listen to um, our Ten Years Later series, and you hear just how much Turk loved everybody and was just so happy to play. We all love Dennis too. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Turk was always so yeah. like go happy go lucky. Like he was yeah. never Yeah. My man learned know. how to speak English through television, bro. That's really like better. He he spoke a little bit of English, but he like communicating with us and then TV and music, he was he was set. It's so funny because nobody thought he knew English, so he would like trick people into thinking that he didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Like the like girls or stuff. You're like, oh, that's so cute. He don't know anything. <laughs> All along, <laughs> he's, like worst, he's like the worst one of us. Dog. <laughs> he's the complete He lived in the same dorm as him, and Dennis would uh, have great success with the ladies. Oh yeah, you Dennis. Know. Talk about talk about that um that that team though, Kev. Our final four year, uh, J Flo and Kev. How how about that scout team though? That's a tough scout. You had you had um, Turk, you had Dan Jennings, you had Dalton. Joe was on that Joe, scout team. Lula, Cam. Like they, I feel That's like that also. Tough. I feel like that helps, bro. Like having because Joe easily he could have started. You know what I'm saying? Obviously before his injury and everything like that. But just having either or being able to have Joe or Truck in a in a scout team is. <laughs> Yeah. Like, like you gotta go against that in practice. Like our three on two, two on ones were like battles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were super competitive too. Nobody exactly. wanted to lose. Nobody wanted to. <laughs> nobody wanted to run for sure. So we like, exactly. nah, you're not getting the ball. You're not getting a rebound. So it definitely made us better. Y'all lost by twelve. Line them up. Oh, oh yo, that would be the worst, bro. Twelve sprints. Oof. Whatever number you lost by, that's how many sprints you had to run. Ew. So you was like, if you knew you was losing, we was losing big. You had to just cut it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta cut Might this down. <laughs> cut this to three if we can, please. That's wild. They would let us. They would let us slide sometimes with the running. Like they would do half, or they would yeah. make it instead of like straight sprints. They would do a twenty-two, and that would count as like exactly two or something like that. But during the um. During the winter break is the worst. You get you doing all them sprints. Yeah. That you lost mm-hmm. drills and everything. Mm-hmm. Not again. So uh 
just as a teaser for our 10 years later series, uh, episode three will drop uh, Friday, uh, Wednesday or Thursday this week. Uh, one of the two. Um, I'll make my decision <laughs> later today when I edit it. But edis- episode three will drop this week and it takes us up to the Big East Championship. If, if you haven't heard, it's available in the main podcast feed, so you may already have it downloaded if you haven't checked it out. Listen to it. Um, we'll make a playlist of all the episodes later on, too, when they're all done. But uh, this is Turk talking about his first time uh, playing for WVU, and it's just one of the many um, brand-new interviews we got with all the players and coaches. The debut before these Mountaineer faithful of number 42, Dennis Kalichla, out of Turkey. A the season was going so good that I didn't want to let anybody down. I didn't want to do anything wrong, and I was extremely nervous, but I was keeping myself calm and everything. And then Hugs calls me. I get up, and just the sound, just people going nuts. It was amazing. My ears were, like, ringing. It was so loud. And I just had this chill. I'm doing this finally. And I'm going to go in. I'm going to do the best. And if I mess up, I mess up. So so what, you know? I go in and Deshaun gives me the ball right away because the whole team was living that with me, you know? They were seeing how I was practicing and everything. And they wanted to, you know, help me out. Chance, it's hard work. It's everything combined. I went four for four. Every time I explain this, in this point, I can't go on anymore because after the game, the the feeling was so overwhelming, man. It was it was amazing. That still stays with me, and I never had that again. I probably never will. Aww. Man, just just to hear him talk like that, just like yeah. know like what everything meant to him, especially that season, is. Because we definitely needed him. For sure. <laughs> Especially in that game. <laughs> in I'm that not gonna game. Lie to you. He was like him having him like Danny was like good on to have on our team because Danny like out like he was just a big hustle. But Dennis mm-hmm. was just like so skilled and so strong. Like those guys were like if not the top two or top four strongest guys on our team. Mm-hmm. And just having Dennis on the floor. Like he, no one could guard him in practice. He was just too big. Like, <laughs> it was, no way. It was no, no one could do it. Yeah, no one could do anything with the hook shot. And we got deep post position. It was just like hard to guard him. So we couldn't wait to get him on the court. So that pit game was like pretty dope because as soon as he got in the game, bro, I was like, nah, they don't know what he could do. <laughs> he got to get the ball. <laughs> like, yeah, has to. That's awesome. Thanks for listening to the show. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Final Forecast. Or call us at 304-807-9098. All right, to all of our friends of the show, that was another edition of the Final Forecast with uh, me, one of your co-hosts, Ashley. And also Kevin Jones. Yep. Deshaun Butler. See you guys. And uh, John Flowers, whose mic has stopped working. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Sure. So goodbye yeah. to John. We don't listen to him anyway. We don't move on. We on a vacation. <laughs> Early vacation. That's right. And don't forget, if you have a question for the guys, or maybe you have a guest idea, um, send us over a voicemail, 304-807-9098. Or you can contact us on social media at Final Forecast. <laughs>